Well, this is our Father's world. So today in summer school, you know what class we're going to be going to today. That's right, biology, people. Contain yourselves, please. Biology. Now, I don't know if you remember much about bi biology, but since we're doing Pandemania, which is our, obviously, vacation Bible school theme, I thought I would limit today's topic to life, but the quiz, remember, if you get all five questions right, you will uh, get a, a free Baskin-Robbins uh, ice cream sundae. And by the way, you guys, I think I told you this before, you guys are smarter than the second service, just to, just to let you know. But we do have five questions, all right, and, and you're just kind of on the honor system, but, but here we go. There are two species of panda bears, giant and black, giant and red, black and lesser, mama and papa panda bears, all right? Get your answer, and the answer is B. How many got B right? Oh, very good. You panda watchers, you. All right. Second question is, panda bears are located in the wild in which areas? China, Tibet, New Zealand, or all the above? China, Tibet, New Zealand, or all the above? And the answer is... A, how many got A right? Ah, very good. Of course, the pagoda in the, uh, in the foyer kind of gave that away, didn't it? You know, it's just kind of like a little, little clue. The next question, panda bears eat about how many pounds of bamboo a day? 20 to 30 pounds, 30 to 40, 40 to 50, or 50 or more pounds of bamboo a day? All right, got your answer? The answer is D, 50 pounds of bamboo. How many got D right? Oh, my goodness. That's an incredible amount of, matter of fact, there's panda mania guy is eating the bamboo uh, right there. Uh, panda bears hibernate. Panda bears hibernate. True or false? The answer is false. They are the only bear did you get one right, Bob? Thank you, Bob Jolly. Nice round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. We are four weeks into this, and that's the first question Bob Jolly has gotten right. Wonderful. By the way, they are the only bears that do not, that do not hibernate. And then panda bears, because they eat about 50 pounds of food, bamboo or more a day, that means that they eat at least how many hours a day? 10, 12, 14, or 16? The answer is 16. Anybody got that one right? Oh, a few of you. Now, I, some of you wives looked at your husband and went, dude, I'm married to Panda Bear. That's all he does, you know? That's all he does. He just mopes around and, uh, and eats about 16 hours a day, you know? Panda Bears have two fingers and a thumb, three fingers and a thumb, four fingers and a thumb, five fingers and a thumb, three, four, five, and a thumb. And the answer is D. I know what you're thinking. I counted the paw up toes, you know. And, uh, but they have five fingers and, uh, and then a thumb, which to eat all of the 50 plus pounds of bamboo for the 16 hours a day that they eat to sustain their life. They are an endangered species. But that's what it takes to kind of keep them alive. Well, today in our biology class, we're going to talk about life. 
Biology is one of those broad spectrum subjects that have just huge upside and huge amounts of, of just things that go on in it. There's molecular biology, there's, there's zoology, there's uh, cell, c- cellular biology. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on about this thing of biology. In biology, there are, in all of biology, there are five unifying principles. We're not going to look at all five this morning, but I do want to call the first one to your attention. The first of the five unifying attentions are that cells are the basic unit of life. That cells are the basic unit of life. You say, oh yeah, I got that. I remember that. It's starting to come back, whether it's the, the cells in the plants or whether it's the cells in your own body, you know, that has the nuclei, the nucleus and the mitochondria and the cell membrane, the cell wall, you know, and the, and the chloroplast, whatever, all of that stuff is there that makes up the, the cell. They are the basic unit of life. You cannot survive if you don't have a cell. There's single cell entities, the nebo and, and other things, but you cannot survive if you don't have cells, which leads us to the next kind of little point of under this unifying, the first of the five unifying themes in the world of, of biology, in the science of biology, and is that new cells form from other existing cells. New cells form from other existing cells. The reason you're your body right now and the cells inside your body are subdividing is because you have cells to subdivide. And so this is kind of like the first unifying thing. So I got thinking about this thing about spiritual life. And for spiritual life to happen, there's a couple of things I just kind of want to point out to you this morning. The first thing that has to happen for spiritual life to happen is that the source of all life The source of all life is the living and written Word of God. And that is the source of all life. Of all spiritual life, there can be no spiritual life without... I feel trapped right here, you know. It's like if I walk on this, I make noise, you know. And it's like I I just crunchy, you know. And so I just feel trapped. It's like I'm on a leash or something here this morning. But the source, the Word of God... And the living word, and the living word is Jesus Christ. The written word is, is the life of Christ and the actions of God and his relationship to man. It is the basic source of all spiritual life. The Bible says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. This book has always been about life. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1, God said, or Moses wrote that God said in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 said, and he spoke or he said, let there be light. The word carries life. John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it goes on to verse 4 that says, in him was the life of men. So we see that Jesus Christ, the living and written word, is the only source of spiritual life. We are not like other world religions that say you can get to heaven in a kind of a bunch of different ways. 
We believe that the Bible says and the Bible teaches that you and I are dead in our trespasses and sin. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8, 9, and 10. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 3 that there is none righteous, no, not one, for the wages of sin is death. That you and I were born physically into life in this world, but we were spiritually dead. We were spiritually cut off and apart from God. And so Jesus Christ came to be a bridge between a holy God and a sinful man. And if you're going to have life, it's because one day you chose to walk across that bridge that Jesus made on the cross... To where he died for your sins and my sins so that by his stripes, by his atonement, by his death, burial, and resurrection, you and I might have life and have it more abundantly. I say it around here all the time. Jesus Christ is not one of the best ways to get to heaven. He is the only way to get to heaven because he is the only source of spiritual life. Besides him, there's no one other. Matter of fact, this whole thing of life was, was reaffirmed in Ezekiel chapter 37. It was a, a song most of us learned in, when, in, in Sunday school. Now I'm going to trip and kill myself. Remember the, the song, them bones and bones and dry bones and bones and bones and dry bones. Everybody's singing today, you know, bones and bones. Well, it came from that time where Ezekiel saw through his prophetic eye and, and God's prophetic revelation that the nation of Israel was spiritually dead. They were in captivity. The nation no longer had a, had a home and a heritage. And they were spiritually dead. But if you read Ezekiel chapter 37, it's the fulfillment of Ezekiel chapter 36. And God told to Ezekiel to proclaim, to prophesy. And as he would proclaim the word of the Lord, the bones would come back to life. See, spiritually, you and I who are dead in sin heard the word of God. And the Holy Spirit quickened. Or made something in our heart realize that we were sinful and sinners. That made us realize that we were away from God. That made us realize that apart from ourselves, we couldn't cross the bridge from our time into God's eternity. That we had to have someone to die for us. Someone to pay our sin debt and that's Jesus. Matter of fact, in John, 1 John chapter 5 and verse 13, John wrote, These things have I written to you that you may know, that you may know that you have eternal life because you have believed on the name of the only begotten Son of God. Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he says, Jesus, and I'm going to paraphrase it, all right? He says, Jesus, I don't get it. How can a guy be born when he's old? In other words, how can he have new life? Jesus said, you must be born again. I'm telling you, the only source of spiritual life is the living and written word of God Almighty. Written in this book, living and demonstrated to us in Jesus Christ. But then there's another truth that mirrors the other. And is that new believers are formed because other existing believers share the word. See, once you have crossed that bridge from a life of, of sin and being adopted into the family of God, then you and I have a responsibility. 
You and I are, are formed and, and we exist. And one of our responsibilities that we have is to share the word of God wherever we are. Now, wherever we are may be on the job. It may be in the community that we live in. It, it, it may be on the ball field. I'm telling you, people are dead spiritually all over the place. And you and I who know Christ as our Savior, we exist to share the Word of God. I want to reintroduce you to some friends of ours at Kirby Church. We support their mission, we support their vision, and we support what they're doing. They are friends of of ours and have been uh, just in Spain for a good number of years now, ministering there on our behalf because we cannot go. And our, we've sent some teams over there to do a, a mission trip with them. And it was an awesome experience. And, uh, and I've invited Tim and Christy Johnson today to come and just share a little bit about taking that word of God to others, taking the word of God to a different culture, to a different place. And I just want you to hear the stories of what God is doing there and how God is making a difference there because they have heard the word, they have responded to life, and now we're all crowded up here, and now they're taking God's word to others who need to hear God's message. Would you welcome Tim and Christy Johnson this morning? Sunday evening in Spain on July 11, 2010, just a little over a year ago, and Spain was playing in Holland for La Copa Mundial, or the World Cup in football, as we know it there, or soccer, as it's known here. It was in overtime in the 116th minute of play when Andres Iniesta, taking a pass from Cesc Fabregas, scored the only and the winning goal to make Spain world champions. Now, if my son Alejandro was sitting here right now, he'd be going like this, celebrating continually Spain's World Cup. The whole game, I, along with every other Spaniard in Spain and many other people, were on pins and needles as both Spain and Holland had their chances to score and didn't. It was one of those games when your heart rate was up and you didn't take your eyes off the television for not even a minute. Uh, you didn't even get up to go to the bathroom or to get something to eat. That's how exciting it was. And when the winning goal was scored, all of Spain erupted in cheers and fireworks. It was the goal that was heard throughout all of Spain. Millions of Spaniards in their red and yellow jerseys took to the streets to celebrate Spain's very first world championship. And the partying lasted until the wee hours of morning. Outside of our window, we could hear fireworks and, and cheering all night long. From even before I arrived in Spain, I had heard that the Spanish people were a passionate people, passionate about their culture, passionate about their food, and yes, of course, passionate about their soccer. But that day, seeing and hearing the celebration taking place there in Alpadrete and throughout all of Spain, I realized right then just how passionate they really are. And as passionate as the Spanish people are about many different things, we want to be passionate as well. We want to be passionate about reaching the Spanish people with the gospel. We want them to see how passionate we are about our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we want them to become passionate about knowing him as well. But that's not all. We also want you to become passionate. We want you to become passionate about your church. We want you to become passionate about the VBS this coming week. We want you to be passionate about reaching your world 
for Christ. And we want you to be passionate about praying for world missions and supporting world missions so that in all of the world, there are others who can become passionate as well as they see and hear about Jesus Christ. A couple of years ago, I was standing in a swamp, and I looked over, and I saw my friend Rosario and her little girl, Irene, coming, coming toward me. Now, the swamp was a VBS set, very similar to the one we're standing on today, except we were doing Crocodile Dock VBS, and we were in the middle of a swamp, and my friend Rosario came. Rosario was an unsaved friend of mine that I met several years ago, probably about six years ago. We were in a park talking, us women like to talk, and we hit it off, and we've been talking ever since. Ever since, we meet every Friday for coffee, and we talk. And it was exciting to see my friend for the very, very first time come through the doors of our church for an activity. And her little girl, Irene, which is Irene in English, Irene, she was right there. And she sat down with all the other kids, and she listened to the music. And it was just neat to watch because the theme for the day was Dios nos da vida, God gives us life. And Monica shared that theme during the music time, and they heard it during the craft time, and during the snack time, they heard the theme, God gives us life, Dios nos da vida. There was no doubt in my mind that Irene heard the gospel that day. A few days later, her mom and I were talking, and we were talking about the VBS, and what she told me that day literally broke my heart. She said, um, she said, of all the times I've known you and since I've known you in your church, I'm convinced more than ever that your church is a cult. She said, I can't believe you told my child that God gives life. God doesn't give life. I told her, you just forget what those people at that church told you. God doesn't give life. Your father and I, we gave you life. You broke my heart. She's a really, really good friend of mine. And to listen to her say things like that. And that night I was laying in bed and I was thinking about what Rosario had said. And I kept thinking, no, Irene, don't forget. I hope you never, ever forget the things you heard in our church, that Dios nos da vida. Psalm 126.6 says, He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The last time we were here in the States on Stateside Assignment, we were still in the very, very early stages of a church plant. We're, we are planting a church in the town of Alpedrete, a town that has never in its over 500-year history had even one evangelical church until now. And we were planting this church. And to be honest, those were difficult days. It was difficult. We were, our church was going through a lot of struggles. Um, one family in our church had some really, really difficult, several families had difficult financial problems. One family actually was evicted from their apartment. One of the main couples that was working in our church had some problems with their marriage. They ended up divorcing and leaving our church. Those were disheartening moments. Those were hard times for our church. On top of that, it seemed that nobody in our church wanted to reach out. Um, it's hard to explain it. We just, we were there, we were giving the fruit, we were sowing the seed, and we were seeing very little fruit. We really didn't see how God was going to make this into a growing, thriving church. And we were discouraged. Just to say we were discouraged would probably be an understatement. There were times when we asked ourselves, is this worth it? Is this really worth the effort, the time, the money, 
to be here when so few people are coming to the gospel. So few people are accepting Christ. There's so many problems in our church. But thankfully, our answer came in the verse that Tim just read. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. We wish you could have been in the Alpadrete Church uh, a little over a month ago, uh, just a few weeks before we came back to the States for this stateside assignment, when we were finally able to vote in our church constitution and form our first leadership council. And uh, we weren't just a handful of people at that meeting. Uh, in Spain, you have to have at least 25 adults to uh, form a church legally in the eyes of the government. And uh, we were excited uh, to have those uh, and even more at that meeting. That's not counting the uh, 25 kids who were there as well, uh, who were with, with a babysitter. And uh, it was amazing to think about the history of this little church plant. Just a few years ago, five years ago, uh, when we first started, uh, half the congregation was made up of missionaries and their families. But now we have 60 to 65 who regularly attend each week. Uh, it's amazing to see what God has done in these few short years and how he has brought people into our church, people who are, uh, who are genuine believers, people who are reaching out. Uh, they're not just uh, content to sit there. They're wanting to reach out. They're wanting to bring their friends and their families to know Christ. They're wanting to minister. They're wanting to minister to the children. They're wanting to uh, uh, do all sorts of things in our church. One group has started a, uh, a cell group at their, in their home on Friday nights uh, to, to bring in people and to share their faith with them. So it's just amazing what God has been doing these last few years in our church, and we're excited about what he has done. He mentioned that we have a lot of children. We have half of our church basically below the age of 11. And just a couple of years ago, you can see a picture in the very next picture of who the teachers were for all of those children and all of those activities. There's a picture of myself, and there's a picture of my teammate, Lee Edgman. And thankfully, the Lord provided all of the other women that you see around there to serve as teachers. At the end of 2009, we saw lots of people just step up, take the responsibility, take the ministry on, and these are the people that we're working with now with all of those precious children that we have there in El Padrete. Um, this is teamwork. Amazing to see what, um, what the Lord is doing. Several of these, all of these teachers work. Some of them are stay-at-home moms, but um, we have one lady in our church named Monica. I think you'll see it on the next slide. You can see some of our people who worked in our VBS just last summer. We did Isla Canoa, which is Outrigger Island in English, and we had the whole church decorated like a luau, and it was really exciting. The lady in pink is Monica. She was the one who taught the Dios nos da vida. Well, she worked, like most women there, and didn't have time for lunch before she came for VBS. We started at 5.30, so she rushed in the door at 5 and ate lunch. That's typical to eat lunch kind of late. But all of the other teachers were so helpful. They said, you know what, we're going to get behind her. She's rushing in. She doesn't have time. We're going to bring her lunch. So each one brought her lunch each day, and she would scarf it down really fast before starting into VBS at 530. So it's just amazing to see how the Lord has provided, for, provided this teamwork of people for a real need in our church. Pedro is a 30-year-old man in our church, and uh, he recently graduated from seminary. And uh, this is just another example of the commitment of some of the people in our church uh, he works a full-time job, and once a month he took off uh, or uh, three hours away to where the seminary was to study. Uh, he entered Friday evening, 
Uh, the seminary, the classes were until after or till around midnight or even afterward, all day Saturday and all day Sunday. And uh, he did that for three years. And, uh, it, uh, and just a few months ago, he finally graduated. And we're excited about Pedro. Uh, pray for Pedro. And uh, he is uh, interested in doing whatever God wants him to do. And uh, we're excited about the, the fut- what the future holds for this young man. Charo lived in Apodrete before we ever even thought of moving there. She was a mother of three small children, and she had one prayer. She asked God to please give her a Christian friend in her town. And then we moved there. And when you should have seen the look on Charo's face when we told her that our mission had sent missionaries to her town to start a church. She was so excited. You can see some pictures of our ladies' group. We meet every Tuesday morning for prayer and talking, again, you know, us women. And um, it's just exciting to see how the Lord has answered Chato's prayer for one friend. Now she has a whole group of Christian friends in her town. The phone rang at midnight on a Thursday night right before Christmas a couple of years ago. And this was the phone call that you never want to receive. Fijo, an unsaved father of some children in our church, uh, had just suffered a stroke and he was in the hospital and they were going to operate within the hour to remove part of his skull to relieve the swelling in his brain. The doctor said that his chances of surviving that night were less than 20%. I met them at the hospital and I realized just how serious the situation was. Fijo is from the Congo and uh, Laura and the kids are, have been very faithful from the beginning at our church, but I really never knew Fijo. Uh, I'd met him one time uh, at a birthday party but he said hi and then quickly went into the house, and uh, that was about the extent of our relationship. But uh, I prayed with the family that night, and uh, we waited, and, uh, and miraculously, uh, he came through the surgery, and uh, he survived, although it left him partially paralyzed on his left side. Over the next several months, we visited him in the hospital and uh, began building a relationship with Fijo. And finally, at the very, uh, when he was finally able to uh, leave the hospital, uh, the very first Sunday, he came to church and uh, to thank everyone for their prayers for him uh, during those months, uh, those long months of recovery and uh, difficulty. Uh, Fijo is now a believer, and uh, we're thankful for the work that God has done in his life. Uh, and uh, the amazing thing was, though, that... Uh, Fijo didn't just come that one Sunday. He kept coming back and back and back. And although uh, he struggles to get there, and although he has difficulties, uh, he's there faithfully almost every single Sunday, uh, praising God uh, for what God has done in his life. Right before we left, he, we were saying goodbye to him, and he looked at me and he said, uh, again, he, he told me, thank, thank you for, for, for your prayers and for your support. And uh, he said, I'm going to continue working hard uh, because what Fijo's passion was before he became a Christian, uh, and even now, is playing the guitar. He played in a band, and now he, because he's uh, partially paralyzed his hand, he can't play music anymore. But he told me, he goes, I'm going to keep working because uh, I want to recover the use of my hand so that I can play the guitar again. But this time, I want to play it in church so that I can praise and glorify God. These are just a few stories of what God is doing there in the church in Alpedrete. Yes, we took the seed. Yes, we went out weeping. But today we can say we have come home rejoicing. Just like the song Bringing in the Sheaves says, we have come rejoicing. 
We know what it means to weep, and now we can share with you what it means to rejoice. You're the God of this city, you're the King of these people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, there is no one like I. is no one like our God. The greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. You're the God of this city, you're the King of this people, you're the Lord of this nation, you are, you're the light in this darkness, you're the hope to the hopeless, you're the peace to the restless, you are, there is no Greater things have yet to come and greater
You see, the source of all life is Jesus Christ. And as believers, not only is he our source, but we're to have a part, a global part, in telling other people about Jesus Christ. I loved it over and over again. Did you hear what Christy said? We had a conversation because we women like to talk. We had a conversation because we women like to talk. We had a conversation. What an Listen, any one of us can have those conversations. You don't have to be in Spain. You can be in work tomorrow in your community this afternoon, inviting people to come to hear the many conversations that will happen in this place this week about the one who gives life, Jesus Christ. See, we're so committed to this. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10 that... Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And we all amen that, don't we? As many of us have prayed the prayer and asked Christ into our heart. But the next couple of verses are just as important as calling upon the name of the Lord and being saved. It says, how then can they call on one that they have not believed in? And how can they believe in one whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can they preach unless they're sent. Consequently, faith comes by hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Jesus Christ. See, this, this week, the word of God is going to be sung and taught and preached. But it's not just a Panamania one-week event Man, this is just simply an event for you to have a conversation. To invite someone to come. To bring those neighborhood children. To bring those grandchildren. To bring the kids on, your, on their kids' soccer or, or football or baseball team. So that they can hear the words of life. So that they can invite Christ into their heart. I would like for you to stand right where you're at. And we're going to end our service a little differently here this morning. All right? I don't know if Don's in the front, in the back, but if, if I got a musician, yeah, there we go. What I want to do is I want you just to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. And the first prayer we're going to pray is, uh, is, is just one that we would have those conversations that we would be a people who are not afraid to tell about Jesus Christ and about this new birth, this new life that we have in Christ Jesus, that we're not going to be ashamed of the gospel of Christ and that we'll share it, we'll talk it because just as they believe that God is doing wonderful things and he is in their city in Spain, man, he's doing some awesome stuff here too. And I want to be a part of that conversation. I want our church to be a part of that conversation. And so this morning, we're going to have just kind of a couple of group prayers, if that's okay with you. And I'd just like to invite you, for all of you who are serving in Vacation Bible School this week, whether you're teaching or cleaning up, whether you're registering people, whether you're putting cookies on a, on a sheet so they could be passed out during snack time, doesn't matter. 
Man, if you're a part of VBS this week in any way, shape, fashion, or form, maybe you've already had your part because you have, have hung stuff up and built and created stuff. The Bible says we're two or three agree in anything. The Bible says heaven hears and heaven responds. And I'd like to invite all the VBS workers to come around the altar this morning. I want to pray for you in the conversations that you're going to have. And I want us as a church to pray for you. And so quickly, very quickly, would all of our VBS workers this week, would you come around and just, just stand here in the front and let's just kind of agree together and, and pray together. And if you know somebody in your sphere of influence, in your network, that God has just kind of spoken to your heart, man, and you just kind of want to pray for them. Man, I, I invite you to join us at the altar. And I'm going to ask you guys to hold hands, if you guys would, around the front. Would you guys do that? And then church, I'd like to invite you to come up and surround them and let's pray for them, all right? For whatever reason, you may not be able to be here this week. I know I'll only be here one night. We want to surround them. And we also want to remember to pray for Tim and Christy in our prayers. Man, I am so glad that they are rejoicing in what God is doing there. So let's pray together. Our Heavenly Father, you are the living word. You're the giver of life. You're the source of life.